When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey parents, my name is Tim Wright, and it's a good opportunity to welcome you once again to our special podcast, The Wonder of Parenting, A Brain Science Approach to Parenting. And the reason why I say it's special is because as far as we can tell, nobody else is doing anything quite like this. And we've certainly heard from you as well to say the same thing and how much you're appreciating it. And we appreciate you listening. Uh, What makes this really special is that we've got an actual living New York Times bestselling author. (laughs) <laughs> who answers questions for us. And uh, I don't know how often you can get a podcast like that. So, Michael, thank you for being a part of our podcast and making it so special. I, I think that was tongue-in-cheek, but uh, thank you <laughs> yeah, for you're being welcome. a part of this podcast. Well, it's all true, of course. And uh, we are grateful always for your insights, and, and particularly for the questions that our, uh, our listeners send in. And they've been so faithful in doing that. And uh, we've got another one today that we're going to look at that I think people will find very, very interesting. Um, We are brought to you uh, free of charge because of our good friends up in the Seattle area called the Center of Place of Hope. And they do offer hope to people. So if you're ever struggling with any particular kind of issue, that's a good place to start, even if it's just to buy some of their book resources. And you can go to our website, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, and you will find a link to A Place of Hope. And you will also find other information on that website, as well as a place to write your questions. And we would love to hear from you. If you've got a question for us, we'll put it in the queue. We're working our way through it. And we will get to your question eventually. So we hope that you'll send in your questions. And we do appreciate hearing feedback from you over and over again about how helpful these podcasts have been. And we we do really appreciate that you're listening. Uh, We've got a really good question again. And they're always good questions. And uh, I'm just always interested in how there are similar themes. And yet each one is so unique. It just takes us down a different path. And this is another one of those. Uh, So I'll read it for you. It's uh, somewhat lengthy, but it's got a lot of good detail to it, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, It starts, Hello, I am the mother of three grown kids, a former elementary school teacher, positive disciplined parent educator, and best of all, Grammy to four wonderful grandkids, two of whom I take care of while our daughter and son-in-law are at work. So here's my question with a short bit of explanation first. Our oldest grandchild, one of the two I have cared for, is almost four. She is a delight and also a very verbal, intelligent, curious, and loving kid. In her infant, toddler, and early preschool years, she has learned somewhat, or she has leaned somewhat more towards the intense side as opposed to being easygoing. Not anything out of control and just what I view as the temperament, temperament she was born with. She has always done well in preschool and gets along with others in a totally age-appropriate way. When she was two weeks old, she was hospitalized because she developed an eye infection, probably due to uh, the immature tear duct, etc. She was in the hospital for about five days. Our daughter, her mom, was with her the whole time, and her dad and I, along with Poppy, were there a lot as well. So she was held, 
cuddled and soothed the great majority of the time. Obviously, there was a fair amount of examining of her eye, prying it open, some blood draws, temperature taking, etc. After those five days or so, her eye was much better and she went home. Our daughter often says she thinks that that experience was partly or mostly responsible for our granddaughter's slightly more intense, strong-willed personality. I disagree and think this is who she really was. And that the relatively short hospital stay, even though some poking and prodding, did have a long-lasting effect. Since I am an avid listener to your podcast, thank you very much, I told her I was going to ask you about this. So my question is, could an experience such as this, for an infant at two weeks old, have a lasting effect on her temperament? Thanks for answering whenever you have the time. So, Michael, if I might just give you a piece of advice, since uh, hmm. Grandma's listening and she's asking on behalf of the daughter, they're both right. Of course. Right. You want to say anything else you want to say, or should we close that podcast? <laughs> I know. that's. It's like the old uh, Jewish story about the rabbis and the two people come in, and Rabbi, the first one gives us, says, yeah, you're right. And then the other one says, yeah, you're right. And they and then someone else says, how can they both be right? Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, okay, so um, I think it's probably a both and. I think, you know, overall, overall, this is her personality. It came in on her genome. Um, she'd be maybe she comes under the strong-willed child category, um, uh, you know, or, or certainly an intense personality. I know I have one of those. Uh, I'm I was that way all through my childhood. Trauma didn't really matter to that. It could trigger some piece of it, but um, but that's my personality, and I'm guessing that's this person's personality. So she's she's probably going to be that way in some way the rest of, of her life. The five days. Could could the five days affect her personality development? I, I would say anything can happen. Um, I don't think the five days are going to have a significant effect on her personality development. Again, I think she was on a trajectory uh, that was that was uh, built in. Um, but the poking and the prodding and the pain—you know, she was she was so young, two weeks old, so she would she experienced pain, um, and that pain is a trauma, and that could get stored and it could have some effect but five days is not a long time and then all that attachment she had all these people giving her love um you know the human being is pretty resilient so my guess is she's pretty resilient and um and so i'd give this about a 90 10 uh because of it only being five days so i'd say 90 percent you know that's her core personality anyway and maybe 10 percent effect uh, you everyone knows listening that we can't know right it's always nature and nurture uh but in this case it's easier easier than when someone says well i think this person was traumatized for a year yeah did that have an effect well now that's a different road but five days i, I just don't think uh I, I think this is who this child is so let's let's back up a little bit. We have talked about these themes in the past of personality or temperament and trauma and the impacts. So let's back up a little bit. And um, how do you define um, temperament? How do you define personality? Where does it come from? And then I've got a couple follow-up questions on that. Well, temperament, um, temperament is like we talk about the big five, you know, um, whether you're conscientious whether you're, um, you could be passive, you know, there's a more compassionate, there's a number of temperaments that are identified that come in on our personality genome. And if anyone is curious, just look at the big five temperaments on Google. Um, so that's some really good, interesting science. It's really good science. And then, um, uh, and, and you can have 
both, you know, two or three of those. You're not just one, even though the testing tries to see which one you, uh, you're more dominant in. And then, and then personality, I think, is larger than temperament. I think temperament would be included in personality uh, because when we talk about someone having a personality, you know, say, boy, that person has a lot of personality. We're, we're talking about, um, uh, you know, more than just the temperament. So and we're also going to look at the various ways to test personality, Myers-Briggs, MMPI, all these, these various tools out there. Uh, is the person extroverted, introverted? Is the person judging, perceiving? Um, and then that's a whole set of toolboxes to try to kind of figure out what is your core self. And so personality and temperament are related, uh, but I think personality is larger. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It, is temperament um, sort of uh, foundational uh, and then personality builds on that. Um, so, for example, I, I'm thinking about somebody who perhaps is shy, but then learns to compensate or overcome that shyness and actually becomes quite an outgoing person. How, how does that all work together? Well, uh, okay, this is going to be in the terminology. If a person right. is shy, we're going to say that person is introverted and would test, let's say, as introverted. Um Yes. That person wouldn't. That personality, like at um, at twenty, g generally that person is still going to be introverted, but in certain tasks or like in, at work, or um, uh, when that person has had a lot to drink, or you know, there's going to be certain ways in which this person has learned to be more extroverted, and it's a skill the person has learned. But that that person still by personality would be introverted. So okay. I wouldn't want to say that. A person is introverted for like 15 years, and then they, they would suddenly become extroverted. That, that, that wouldn't happen. But that's terminology. What I think we're talking about is that people are not one straight line, and the, uh, the human brain includes you know a thousand things in that brain. And so some days that person, sure, could appear shy many days if the person's introverted. But then there could be other days where the person does appear to be quite extroverted, depending on the situation. And that's all within the range of normal. But if we're defining personality, you know, we're going to still say, hmm, that person is introverted. Or if we're defining temperament, and let's say the, we, we know this person has conscientious, like that's that temperament, one of the big five, that person's probably going to stay that way. What is going to possibly alter the tra trajectory of these things um, would be trauma. So mm -hmm. sustained trauma could affect the brain. In, in such a way that the gene expression, because personality is gene expression, you're expressing your genes, um, that the gene expression gets affected. 
And, you know, then anything can happen. Uh, but, but this five days of trauma would not be enough. Right. So I, I look at myself, for example, and by nature, uh, I'm an introvert. Um, but uh, I often call myself a professional extrovert. My job is to be extroverted. Uh, and where I get, uh, where I fuel my tank is in two ways. One is by being by myself and reading books or just sitting quietly. Uh, but also then being uh, in public roles. So being up front, doing speaking engagements with you can fill my tank. But then eventually I got to go back into the cave and hide out. Uh, what what wears, what drains me would be more one-on-one, one-to-one interactions, especially small talk kind of stuff. And uh, so is that a little bit of what you're talking about, how I've compensated a little bit? Well, I don't think you're an introvert. Uh, why do you think you're an introvert? Well, partly I test that way. Uh, when Myers was the last Briggs time up. you tested? Uh, probably a couple of years ago. Really? Uh, yeah. And don't mind uh, us. We're just going to have we're just going to have a therapy session, the two of us, right now. <laughs> no, no. I think this is really important. So Myers people... Briggs. So you did Myers Briggs, and you tested as an I, as an introvert. Yep. Huh. Okay. Well, gosh. I mean, I, I'm very surprised. I've known you 15 years, and I would never have thought you would test that way. Be- and here's why I, th- why I, I don't know if I'm suspicious. I'm joking, but why? It's not uh, clicking for me because introverts, when they do public speaking, it's they generally are drained. You know, when you do public speaking all day, like you do or you and yep. I do at the Helping Boys Thrive, you're speaking all day. You're on all day. Um, generally, an introvert is so drained that um, you know, like you can't go to dinner that night and socialize. You can't. You just got to go away for 24, 48 hours. Mm-hmm. That's how drained you are. But that doesn't happen to you. Nope. So. So, um, but you test out introvert. Okay, so I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> uh, am I schizophrenic? I see you as, no, 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 no. That's just in <laughs> testing or in yep. interpretation. No, you are who you are. You're great. Um, I, I just think that that generally the introverts are not going to be able to be as socially fluid right. as you are for right. so you know for like twenty four hours straight. That's yep. very hard for an introvert. Yep. Um, so so let, let's talk about. Well, let's get off of me now. Uh, and, oh, uh, why? <laughs> yeah, and, and back to, to the question. Back to me? No, back yeah. to the question. Okay. So um, you know, we've, we've got personality, which is on our, our genes, expression of our genes. All and right? so is temperament. And so is temperament, right. Yep. So you can be uh, a compassionate extrovert. Right. You can be a compassionate introvert, uh, right? Conscientious, yeah, yeah, yeah you I mean, can be any, anything. Yeah, conscious, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. There's going to be trends. Remember, there will be trends. Um, let's say you're narcissistic. Well, you're going to tend to be also extroverted. Not always, but just a tendency. So there are so, trends. So is narcissism a temperament? Well, yeah, not the brain disorder kind. Right, right. But yeah, yeah. A healthy ego, let's say. It's a healthy ego, yeah. Yeah, okay. So now trauma comes along, and in this case, um, maybe a a little bit uh, of uh, some sort of interference with the development of the child, but so early, hard to know. Um, But later in life, we can see this. Now, you've talked about your own trauma in your life, um, and uh, you've kind of written this young adult novel called The Stone Boys that reflects on that and the abuse that you experienced in your life. How would you say that that trauma, if at all, affected your personality or your temperament, for that matter? Well, 
yeah, I think about this a lot. I, I happen to have good resilience genetics, as we've discussed. And so, but, but you know, uh, think about, like, there's, there's sex differentiation, um, gender difference in how males and females um, sometimes respond to trauma, and especially to, um, uh, like, or to depression. And we've talked about how often if, if you know a guy who's angry, you know, who's very angry, it, he's probably depressed and there's probably been trauma because males tend to, to um, flash anger or they tend to use anger. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the amygdala swelling up, so their brains are angry, but it's also hiding the depression, hiding the trauma. And it's one of the ways we know, oh, look, this guy, I bet we got to look at trauma for him. We got to look at uh, also see if he's depressed, which he may well be. And that was me. I was uh, I was an angry um, teen. Uh, so my sexual abuse trauma happened when I was ten. That was six months. But the child abuse, the you know the beatings, and that that happened over a period of years. And uh, of course, I fought back at thirteen, and and that stopped. But during my teen years, um, I was angry a lot. Uh, I did start therapy at 16, which was really useful, and I was in therapy straight from on and off straight from 16 to 26. Um, and I had to, I had to come to grips with the fact that I, I had a short fuse. I would be angry at people. I would get angry at, you know, many things, and and that I don't know that I started out such an angry um, kid. You know, I was a hyper kid. I had colic as a as a baby, and I was hyper. I had the H component, hyperactivity, and that's what I went to a psychiatrist to get Ritalin and got Ritalin. Um, so I was hyper. But my parents didn't see me as a very angry child. After the trauma and in my teen years, I was angrier. And I think that, you know, would fit with the research, and it would fit with with male trauma. And a female can get angry too, of course, but I'm just picking out a, a a sex differentiation or gender difference trend um, where females turn more against themselves. Males tend to get angry at others. Um, and that, that would fit. And so then it took me, it actually took me a lot of therapy and a lot of work to, you know, stop being so angry. And, um, and of course, I then, I, I, I felt I did that and I got married and I had kids and I've been married 34 years and so I'm successful there. But if I had gotten, you know, married at 18, I'd have been divorced at 19. I was just way too angry. Yeah. So that's an example, I think, of of uh, how it affected my personality. So I want to go back to the question a little bit, uh, and uh, I'm going to take the liberty of reading into it a, a bit. And so for the, for Lori, when you wrote this, uh, if this is not an issue, that's okay. I'm using this just as a way to, to have discussion. But uh, you've got a child here who seems to have uh, sort of a strong will, and the daughter is concerned that... Uh, this is a, a reaction to trauma. So it suggests to me that maybe there's a part of her personality that they might be a little bit concerned about. Um, when parents are looking at the personalities of their children, um, what should they be looking for that might be a sign that trauma has played a role in their lives? Well, now we're in that range of like, is has is the child now become different than the child was? Yep. So... Um, uh, is is the child acting out uh, in some way? If it's sexual abuse trauma, it'll probably be acting out sexually. Um, you know, uh, is is the child involved in that kind of behavior? Is the child now? This is a four year old, so we're not going to have addiction yet. But um, as the kid's getting toward adolescence, are we seeing 
uh, potential addiction behavior are we seeing the child is the child lying a lot is the child isolating um, you know trying to hide away trying to go into the room or isolating into the internet um, uh, and in, into smartphone uh, the, is the child depressed um, is the child has the child gotten highly anxious uh, the, these would be all things to look for, and they could be that, you know, it's not trauma, but you'd want to rule trauma out. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And, and so let's just assume that this child is a strong-willed child. Um, what would you say are some of the things that parents want to do when they're raising a strong-willed child, say, versus a sensitive child, which we're going to get to in a podcast or two from now? Yeah, well, a strong-willed child is, of course, great. <laughs> I mean, you, first of all, worry not, and, uh, you know, it's a great thing, and this child will be a, a, a wonderful success um, in the future. The strong will is going to help the child to be a, a resilient, going to help the child to push back against potential, you know, potential traumas and push back against uh, bullying, push back against all sorts of other things that can happen to kids. And the strong will is going to help this child take care of him or herself, you know, become independent quickly, which we like. You, you want kids to become independent and, and adult, you know, mature. Um, so a, a strong-willed child is wonderful. I, I, one thing to watch out for as a parent is just to hold your authority as a parent because the strong-willed child is always testing and challenging and always is an exaggeration, but quite a bit. And uh, it, it, that child can start running the household. Hmm. And we, we as parents need to hold our authority because ultimately the best way we protect our children and the best way we raise our children is by having authority. You know, by having the ability to to impose the law when needed, if the child's you know going nuts, quote unquote, or um, uh, keep the child in line if the child is straying, uh, all of those sorts of things. We have to have authority to do that, and we have to have the authority to say to the, the child, like let's say a strong-willed child, this often can happen, says, "Okay, I'm not eating any vegetables." You know, uh, I'm a strong-willed child, and I'm not eating any vegetables. Well, the parents have to have the authority to say no. You know, you're going to eat these vegetables, so we got to hold at least that much authority, um, and and we shouldn't change the fact that as parents we're going to do that. Uh, 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 but you know, if strong-willed kids this is one warning for parents. Sometimes you have a parent who is by nature highly passive, or by nature highly authoritarian. You know, mm. really rigid, yeah. and the strong-willed child 
challenges both of those parents. The gift of that child is that it challenges both of those parents to come to center. You know, it challenges the passive child. Just for the good of your child, the passive, I'm sorry, passive parent needs to step up some, you know, and not be so passive. Uh, hold that authority better. And the authoritarian parent, the one that responds to the strong will by just laying down the law every moment of every day, that's going to backfire. And so the challenge of the strong-willed child is is to help that parent to become more authoritative, less authoritarian, so less rigid, more adaptable, but within you know a solid, normal, authoritative range. Um, I think that would be if there's an area of a kink, the kink is going to be the very passive or the very authoritarian parent. Uh, I've heard someone uh, say before that uh, part of being a parent of a strong-willed child is you just got to have the resilience to outlast them because they can really dig their heels in yep. at times. And They're uh, stubborn. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I uh, you know, have a strong-willed daughter, so I, I know what that is like, and I was probably a strong-willed son. And you're right. They're, they're great people. Um, this is going to be a nuanced question. Do strong-willed children need rules or boundaries? Oh, okay. Oh, that's very good. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, rules Rules are, as in the uh, Ten Commandments? Well, sort of rules are, it's this way or no way, where boundaries are a little bit more, all right, this is what we want from you, but there are two or three ways to get it done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be the more authoritative approach. This is, this is what we want from you, but yeah, yeah, adapt a little as you get that done. You don't have to get it done in that authoritarian way, which is rigid. There's only one way to do that. Um, uh, but the values are clear. These are the values. This is what we expect. Um, however, we can nuance it somewhat. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we've, 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 uh, th- this question is, of course, taken us down a lot of rabbit trails, which are really good ones. I want to get back sort of to the initial question, uh, just to, as a way to, to summarize and clarify. Is it possible at all to know if a trauma that early in a, a person's development did have an impact at all? I, I think, for example, uh, of circumcising boys, which mm. uh, you know is, is a, apparently really painful. <laughs> I don't remember it, but uh, <laughs> you know, I've I've seen a few videos, and I you know I'm sort of horrified. Um, can you ever really know if those sort of things or like this young little girl went through actually do impact personality or temperament? Well, yeah, you've you've raised a good question. I'm going to answer first. When it happens this young, I don't know how we would know for sure. Right, right. So exactly. let me give that answer. But at the same time, I know there are people out there who, who believe they do know. And for instance, with um, male circumcision, you know, there there is, of course, a whole subculture of folk who are anti-male circumcision and who feel that it is traumatic and that it, um, you know, is destructive and so on. And I, I am not in that camp myself, uh, but I haven't, I haven't studied it a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm circumcised, I'm Jewish, I'm circumcised, I just assume it, you know, I don't, it has, I, I have not seen any negative effect on me, I don't, you know what I mean? I, it's it's right. not really on my radar, except that I read about it, and I read these posts that people, and I'm on a listserv where people are writing about it, and I think, hmm, that's interesting. But I don't know how you prove it. And, um, and you know, 
Uh, but I also want to say that people will say, well, wait a minute, if you're against female circumcision, which obviously I am, you know, then why aren't you against male circumcision? And then I have to say, well, that, they might be right, you know. Uh, I mean, I would say we would absolutely say that female circumcision creates a trauma. Well, we want to remember that's happening, at least the cases I know about are happening later, whereas male circumcision, unless you're in Muslim culture, male circumcision is happening so, so early. Um, and I've been at many... Uh, as you know, being Jewish, obviously, I've been at many um, uh, ceremonies, and the moil will do the circumcision, and a lot of the times, the boy doesn't even cry. Hmm. Some of the times, the boy does, so yeah. know, anything can happen. So I, I yeah, it's got to be painful, but can that moment of pain really affect or alter personality? I suspect, my suspicion is 99% not, but I'm willing mm -hmm. to be wrong. Right. And that, of course, leads to the question about just a traumatic birth. Uh, you know, I'm a, I was a breech birth, um, and uh, I don't remember it, obviously, but my mom did. And it was apparently traumatic. Or, you know, when they've got to go in and, and scoot the kid around to the right position or whatever it is, there are traumatic births, long labors. Um, do we have any kind of insight at all on what that might do for mm. a, to a child? Now, that's beyond my scope of expertise. I mean, I do read about it, and I, I'm fascinated by it, but yeah. I, I I don't know to what extent, because the question is, does that alter your personality? And right. that, if, if the question was, could it be in some way that being a breach, you know, and having all that happening, or having a difficult birth somehow affected you, could it be possible? Yes, I think it could be possible. And again, it's outside of my range of expertise. Um, but could it alter your personality? I, I don't think that one. Yeah. So I think I would have to nuance it back to everything could have an effect. But your personality, you know, is really strong. If people think about personality and they think about their kids and they think, huh, yeah, now that I look back on raising these kids, this Joey was this way and, you know, Janie was this way. That personality, that, that thing's hard to shift. Yeah, I, I I agree with that, and I, I think that um, in in the end, you know, what what Lori is writing about here, the, really the point is whether there was trauma or not. Th this is the the beautiful four year old girl you've now got, and she's got this wonderful personality that's going to be filled with all kinds of joys and challenges, and um, that's kind of your starting point, and and parent from there. Yeah. Yeah. As a strong-willed child, and you say you were too, yeah. we can say to, to this whole family, that child's going to turn out great. That's right. Should probably end up being the president of the United States someday. Uh, it's, yes, we got to have a woman president yep, one day. We so do. We do. probably will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Michael, thank you. Uh, oh, and thank you, um, I hope that uh, for those of you listening, you got some sort of nugget from all the various places we went on this particular question. Thank you, Lori, for writing in. And uh, we look forward to being with you next time, Wonder of Parenting. Uh, and uh, please tell your friends about it. And uh, I want to remind you again to go to wonderofparenting.com. Check out all of our different resources for you, as well as our sponsor, A Place of Hope, the center up there in the Seattle area. Thank you again, Michael. Thank you, Tim. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited.
by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.